Let's go! Pressure coming, pressure coming, and he's sacked again at the four-yard line. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Another sack by Shaq Barrett. He's got three today. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Caught! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Oh, Howard! Fire them, cannons! What a play! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Casey Phillips, and I am joined by none other than Levante David to kick off our season. I could think of no one better to start off this year than you. Thank you so much for joining us, Levante. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I know you know the outcome was not what you guys hoped for, but I know you personally had a great game. Um, and I just wanted to hear for you what it was like to have the first game, first time traveling in this weird 2020 COVID era, no fans, you know, not the normal travel thing. You know, what, what was some of the stuff that really stood out to you about this experience? Uh, it was different. And just, you know, a lot of stuff while traveling and everything is real tight. So, you know, you have, you got extra buses. A lot of people can't ride on buses as, as we used to. So uh, some people have to ride on bus five, bus six, <laughs> stuff like that and then uh just all the protocols you got to go through and uh can't go out of the hotel when you're in a certain city at a hotel or whatever like sometimes we go out to dinner when we go to away games but this year we can't do that so a lot of stuff that's different stuff that we you know looking forward to you know on being away going to these different cities trying different restaurants we're not able to do that anymore so uh, we just got to uh, be in our hotel room, man, and be all cooped up and stuff. But I guess it just gives us extra time to study. So, but it's whatever, though. A lot of people just stay in their room anyway, so. I'm sure that's what the coaches would love to hear, that it gives you more time to study. I'm sure that's the <laughs> answer that they'd all be looking for. Yeah, um, it, so. <laughs> how about the the no fans and, and the piped-in crowd noise? I know that you guys had experienced the piped-in crowd noise here at home when you had done a scrimmage, but I heard mm-hmm. it was a little bit different uh, in New Orleans than it had been in Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, it was different. Uh, it was weird. You know, uh, they wasn't really, you know, playing noises like that. It was just just going out there playing straight football, you know. Um, uh, usually in New Orleans, they get a little rowdy with fans, but it was just, it was just pretty much quiet. You probably hear a little crowd noise here and there, but it wasn't, wasn't much that I could recall. So, um, yeah, that was different playing with no fans, but in the day when you win a game, you kind of block all the fans out and you focus as you locked in. So you really don't even know they're there. How about the idea of maybe even almost strategy for you guys? I heard that you could hear everything even like in huddles and across the other sideline and you know what coaches are saying you know how how does that affect you guys i don't affect much but you can't hear everything though you can hear trash talk you can hear people what people are saying clearly uh you can hear certain type of communications people are making to each other so uh it, it, you gotta be you know you gotta tread lightly with it you gotta be able to get in tight closed groups to to discuss important stuff basically and then, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of fun when you were just out there, you know, trash talking, you could hear what everybody's saying. So it was, it was pretty different. How are you at the trash talk game? Because you're a pretty chill guy. You're not necessarily the most outspoken guy on the roster. Where where do you rank in, in trash talk in terms of quantity and quality? Uh, qu- 
quantity, not as much, but when I do trash talk it, it, it means a lot. It says a lot. <laughs> but uh, I'm only, I only trash talk when I'm provoked and when I'm disrespected. So mm-hmm. for the most part, nobody really disrespect me. So I'll be cool. I'll be, I'll, I'll be cool and out there. But uh, there's a lot of different guys on the team who do a lot of trash talk and they do it all day long. So uh, it, it just, for me, it just, it's just funny to see sometimes and then it's also exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's safe to say that nobody should be disrespecting you at this point. I think you have beyond proved that that is a bad idea. Um, You and your tackles for loss, man, you are just like the king of this category. Year in, year out, game in, game out. You had another couple in the game on Sunday. And now, I don't know if you even know this, do you know where you rank in tackles for loss since you entered the league? No, I do not. You are behind only J.J. Watt right now. That's it. Since you entered the league in 2012, mm-hmm. that's it. And you had, you've just recently passed several other guys, but everyone that's right around you in that category, they're all pass rushers. They're all getting sacks, and yeah. that's where they're getting all these tackles for loss. You are the sole representative from, like, the inside linebacker crew in this stat. I mean, what does that mean to you, and, and how do you feel like you've been able to, to carve out that niche for yourself in, in that category? I'm just, you know, I'm just representing for the linebackers. You know, the pass rushers always get all the credit. But, nah, um, I, it's just a testament to, you know, my, my study habits, man. My study habits, my instincts, you know, and uh, the quality that I bring to the football field. Understanding my opponent and beating my opponent before they get to their play. So, that's that's the main thing, just just playing off instinct and then understanding who I'm going against and who I'm playing against. And it, uh, it helps me get those tackles for losses so you know it's a lot of credit to just you know film study game plan that coaches put in and uh going out there and executing it and where do tackles for loss rank for you in plays you like making that it's the, your favorite thing to have happen in a game where does tackle for Ross is that is that it is that the top one I think tackle for losses is probably tied for one uh honestly uh, tackle loss is a real big thing, you know. It it, it gets the offense off out of uh, you know out of sync. You know, when you get a tackle for loss, you disrupt the offense. You get them a negative yardage, so they're trying to play catch up, and you it get it helps your uh, D coordinator understand what they're trying to do and help you understand what they're trying to do defensively, knowing that offense is going to try to you know get that yardage back. So they become pretty much predictable, so it's easy for you, you know, on on a defense to know what they're about to do. So. I think tackle loss rank, you know, probably the top one next to uh, next to interceptions because for a linebacker we don't get interceptions often. So, you know, when you do get an interception, it's a real big, it's a real big, real big moment for LB. But tackle for loss is a real big thing that 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 that's real huge in a football game that can help your team win. We're talking to linebacker Levante David, and I saw your uh, your little brother Devin White getting in there for some some tackles for loss as well. Uh, I wanted to hear what you thought about his opening game and, and the progress that he's made even since last year. Oh man, Devin been inching to get back on the field and playing a regular football game for the longest. Uh, he's been annoying me about it. Keep saying he can't wait to play, can't wait to play against somebody, can't wait to play against somebody, and uh, he showed it yesterday. He was anxious to get out on the field, and he was flying around. And, uh, you know, that's just uh, the, the attitude, the mentality that he brings week in and week out. So, you know, he's going he's gonna to keep that up, and I, uh, I count on him to keep that up. So it's, it's real fun to be out there playing with him. He's one of those guys that – one of those people who talk all day, and <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. He don't shut up. So 
he's one of those guys who do a lot do a lot of trash talking, whether it's a good play or a bad play. He's going to talk. So, but that's just him, though. You know, that's that's just how he is. That's just his personality. That's why I think y'all are such a funny tandem at the position you play because you both are incredible on the field and produce. But man, in terms of your personalities and the way you go about it, it's there's almost not two more different people on this roster. So how, how does that kind of help you guys or, you know, how does that affect your, your relationship on the field, off the field? What's that dynamic like for you guys? Uh, It's cool. It's cool. He accepted me for who I am and I accept him for who he is. And the day when we on the field, all we try to do is dominate. So we have that, that main thing coming. That's the main goal. We try to win and dominate our opponent, but uh, off the field, obviously we get along. Um, but you know, sometimes he'd be trying to get me to talk more and sometimes I try to get him to talk less. So we kind of, you know, kind of get bump heads in that category, but we all, we all just be each other. Has he gotten you on a horse yet or will he ever get you on a horse? Nah, nah, nah. I know he's going to watch this, but he ain't never invite me on the horse. Even though I, I rode, I rode, I rode a horse before, but he don't want to invite me over to get on the horse. So I'm going to give him a hard time about that. As you should. I mean, if he cared about you and this is the thing he loves, man, I, I need to give him grief for this as well. I'm glad to know this. We can tag team him here. Yeah. Um, so, so looking at the, the performance of the defense overall on Sunday, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that if I had told you before the game that you would hold Breeze to 160 yards, Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara to 16 yards rushing, and Michael Thomas to 17 yards receiving, I mean, what, what would you have said that that would have looked like in a game against the Saints? I mean, you know, they got so many weapons, so it would be hard to contain, you know, all those guys. But, you know, when you look back at the game, for the most part, we did what we were supposed to do, but we could have done a little more, you know, as far as, uh, you know, getting the ball back to our offense, taking the ball away, and then uh, convert some of the third down conversions that they had, uh, getting some stops. But all in all, we had a pretty solid performance, uh, but it can be a lot better. You know, a lot, I think a lot of guys was uh, really locked in on our game plan. A lot of guys locked in on what we were supposed to do. And uh, that helped us um, get that little performance, get that performance that you had. But the main thing is just try to keep it up. You know, uh, the Saints is one opponent. So uh, we got to transpire, had that transpire over to our next opponent week in and week out. And uh, we have the leadership to do that. And uh, we got a lot of guys who, you know, focus on, focusing on uh, us being a top defense in this league. Uh, start with Coach Bowles and his Coach Bowles and his staff, and uh, trickling down to us. You know, uh, going out there on the field and executing. They are definitely one of the teams that has the most continuity going into this year. I mean, they very little change, particularly about you know their offense. Um, right. what, how did it look compared to last year? You know, has anything really changed much, or is it even better potentially? Just how, how did it rank compared to when you played them last year? Not, not really. You know, we just know they're going to do what they do. You know, like you said, they got a lot of guys who play in the offense for years. So they already they didn't have much to change. They only added one new guy in Emmanuel Sanders, who, um, who they kind of featured a little bit. But – we already know who who the main guys are, so uh, we know they're gonna try to get those guys the ball, and as much as we can eliminate that, it can help us, you know, help us out uh, as far as winning the football game. But <clears throat> when you play a team like that, you know, a team who already have they they nucleus of players, nucleus they core, you just got to be disciplined, disciplined for the most part, and don't let them beat you as far as you know doing you know, uh, the the silly stuff. You know, make them make them beat you by. Uh, making a tight throw or breaking the tackle and things like that. So um, the Saints are a good football team, but uh, we definitely have a team 
put together that we could, uh, we could beat them. And I mean, Taysom Hill is such an interesting component of their offense for, for you and, and Devin, you know, guys that are kind of playing some of the quarterback role of the defense. What does he do to you guys on the defense is trying to figure out what you need to be doing out there. How does he kind of throw a wrench into plans sometimes or make covering them a little bit more challenging? Yeah, they, they, they feature him a lot, feature him a lot. And most of the time we in, you know, uh, he's probably something that's probably the ball is probably coming his way, whether somebody's running behind him or he's going to get the ball. So um, a guy like that, when he's in, you're just not going to try to, you know, waste his talent. So you want to try to get him the ball as much as you can. So, you know, he, he, he provides a different, different factor for them, especially as when he's at the quarterback position, a guy who can run the ball, they can add an extra blocker. So they have a one up on us. So we know that uh, he's in the game, got to do a little extra. But, uh, you know, he's a great football player. They do a great job just putting him in places where he can make plays. All right. Well, we still have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We are talking to Levante David, linebacker for your Buccaneers. Don't go anywhere. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We are talking to linebacker Levante David. Uh, we were talking a little bit about that Saints game and, and how the defense overall was able to take them on. I felt like Carlton Davis, you know, I mean, he, he's asked now to go against some really tough guys. How did you feel like he fared against Michael Thomas and then just, just overall what Carlton now brings being sort of the elder statesman of that group, which is crazy because he's still so young. Yeah, I mean, Carlton wanted this role and he stepped up to it. You know, uh, it's something that he always wanted to do and something that we saw in him who could be our number one guy. And uh, he, he's, he's been doing that, you know, uh, towards the end of last season and uh, starting off this season. So hopefully, you know, we got all the faith in him. Obviously, coaches got the faith in for him to do the, do the things that he do. So uh, hopefully, he continue to keep it up, man. And uh, I'm one of Carlton's biggest fans, man. I, I see the potential in him. I know he can be great, and uh, he got it all in him. And uh, he's he's a humble dude, and uh, all he wants to be is be the best at his position. And uh, I definitely see him making it happen. And JPP getting in there, getting a sack on Breeze, and mm-hmm. I, I was imagining what is it like for you guys to get a chance to have him to start the year this year that, you know, you missed him for so long last season. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember everybody talking about what an impact he made when he came back, not just on the field, but who he is as yeah. a guy, as a leader out there on the field. So what does it mean to have him to start the season? And, and is he still in that sort of same role of, of being a, a very emotional leader as well? Yeah, he, it's a huge, a huge thing to have JPP back starting the season off for us. You know, when he came back last year, he had eight and a half sacks playing half the season. So you know how big that is for us. But um, he definitely uh, compliments, you know, Shaq well on the other side. And uh, he's definitely still that emotional leader, emotional guy. He's very emotional, you know, always, you know, one of that rah-rah guy when stuff's not going good, he's going to be the first to speak up. And then when stuff is going good, he's going to speak up too as well to, to try to encourage guys to keep, keep it going. So uh, it's really great to have him back, and I know he's happy to be back, man. It's something that he's been talking about for a long time. You know, obviously, with last year, how I started, and then coming into this year, seeing the potential that we have as a football team, you know, he knew that he decided to get back and contribute early with us. And, I mean, bringing Breeze down, that's that's not easy. That is not a quarterback that is easy to sack. What is it about him that, that makes that more challenging to do? He get the ball out of his hands. 
get the ball out of his hands. That's the main thing. Uh, he's know he know he's going with it, and uh, he's getting the ball to his playmakers as quick quick as possible. He's one of those guys who you know uh, he knows his offense. He's been in offense for you know however many years, so he knows what what where where he could where he could beat you at. So, um, and you know they just, he's just doing a great job of protecting himself. And earlier we talked about the effect of the COVID protocols with you guys just with this first traveling game and not having fans. But I wanted to hear overall for you, what has this offseason been like? And then now even coming back into the building, you know, with all these weird changes, you know, at Advent Health Training Center and, and just how different everything is, digital meetings this offseason, all of that. I mean, you've been in the league for a long time. So compare this to other years. How, and how did it affect you maybe as a veteran any differently than some of the younger guys? It was very weird, very weird, uh, because during the off season, my training habits, you know, was kind of thrown off because of COVID. So a lot of the, the places that I work out at was kind of shut down. So I kind of do had to do a lot of different stuff on my own. Where, as you know, I'm a, I'm a structured guy. I like to be where I have to be and do what I gotta do, and then get out. So I want I didn't have time to do that. I couldn't really do that. And then, you know, uh, using the OTA period and the mini camp period to prepare myself mentally and stuff like that with the, with the defense. And then we had we had a lot of different virtual meetings. So and then we installed a couple of new defenses. So and then not being able to get on the field and actually work through those defenses. So that was you know difficult for me. You know uh, me you know doing the same thing for eight years and then just having to switch up. You know that's kind of kind of off. You know I'm sure a lot of veteran guys could attest to that. And then um. Just my plans is just like how I like everything set out. Just first part of the off season, I do this. Next part of the off season, I do this, and then going to OTAs, prepare myself a certain way, and then right after that, I do this. So I couldn't really get into my groove, as you say, as you can say. So I had to, you know, kind of readjust certain things, and then you know, my body wasn't really where I wanted it to be, where I wanted it to be going to camp because of you know the situation that was going on, and then I had to work extra hard during camp to get myself prepared for this week one. So, you know, luckily, you know, I was disciplined enough to get there. So I was, I was cool. Yeah. You're definitely not a player that I was worried about being able to adjust to yeah. COVID. You've proven that you were a guy that can handle pretty much any scenario thrown at him, but um, how thankful were you in some ways that e this wasn't either a, when you were a rookie or B when you had a new defensive coordinator? Oh, very thankful. Very thankful. I mean, I was telling the rookies today, man, I feel bad for y'all, man. You know, uh, I know preseason would have probably helped y'all out a lot. Uh, OTAs definitely would have helped y'all out a lot. And just understanding, you know, how things work, you know, early on in the uh, professional league and just getting acquainted with, with certain people or certain coordinators or even defense with your coaches. So, uh, you know, they had to come in and get it in right away when everybody got back. So it was a grind for them. For for us, you know, for the defense, you know, like I said, there's a couple of new installs that happened, but majority of majority of everything is pretty much the same, which we already know. So those guys, they got to come in and learn all that. <laughs> it was pretty tough on them. So, but for the most part, they handled it pretty well. We're talking to linebacker Levante David, and you you brought up the no preseason stuff and and just how many off season reps were missed. What were the biggest things about that for you as a defense? I think we we heard a lot about that in terms of you know yeah. Brady getting adjusted and chemistry with the wide receivers and picking up the playbook. But for you guys on defense, um, what were the most challenging aspects of that, either for the the defense overall or what you saw for some of the rookies, especially of of what you feel like they missed? 
Uh, I think the main thing is, man, we wanted <laughs> defensively, we wanted more live periods in, in training camp because we wanted to get the field of tackling. That's the main thing when it comes down to defense. You know, uh, you have to be able to tackle well, and we don't get that opportunity to tackle as much as practice. So we wanted to try to get as much live periods as we can, but obviously we couldn't because we're going against our own teammates, and you don't want to have nothing crazy happen and end up hurting somebody. So, you know, that's where preseason and then practicing against other teams come in that where you could work on live tackling and working on angles and certain and working on a different type of run fits. So, um, you know, it's probably, that was the main challenge for us defensively. A lot of stuff that everything else was, was kind of, you know, cool, but the main thing we always want to work on is just tackling. So we did a lot of different tackling drills and practice as far as, you know, just thudding different, thudding up and stuff like that. And the coach made a big emphasis on thudding up and have, taking proper angles. But the main issue was just tackling because, you know, and that's the main issue. Every time that first preseason game comes, you know, tackling is always a huge thing. And then you don't want that to be the, the issue in the regular season game because it counts counts even more. So that was just our main issue going into uh, training camp. How did you guys feel like you did in that area considering you did miss so much of that? You know, if you were to rate looking at the Saints game from this lens of how much you missed how would you kind of grade you guys on those areas that you thought were potentially going to be a problem? Not, not as bad as I thought it was. You know, I felt like I felt like we did could have made a, a better effort in tackling, but it's not as bad as we would think it, think it would be. So, uh, but that's definitely something that we do have to get better at. We did leave a, we did miss a couple tackles out there, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I know that there was a huge improvement in the defense at the end of last season. I mean, it was incredible, especially with the young secondary guys. And mm-hmm. it just felt like everything started to really click in bowl system and everybody was playing faster and it was, you know, less thinking, more reacting. And mm-hmm. um, I know everybody talked about hoping that would carry over. How much did COVID interrupt that ability? Or do you feel like you guys were able to still bring that momentum, bring that, that, knowledge of the system and everything that had helped you guys at the end of the year through this year? It didn't, it didn't change as much. You know, uh, a lot of guys already they built their confidence off of, you know, last year. A lot of young guys built their confidence off of last year. And like I said, nothing much has changed defensively. Uh, just a little different tweaks here and there and, and coverages and, you know, how we play certain coverages. But, you know, I think uh, those guys on the back end and us who are in coverage, uh, I think it – we're all just working well, working well together. And uh, I don't think uh, COVID played a big part because we did have our playbooks and stuff that we could be able to study on our own. So that was a huge huge help for us. So um, I think uh, guys got a pretty uh, pretty good, good, good understanding of uh, what coach expects for us as far as in the coverage. coverage yeah, and it felt like Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting in particular were a couple guys that we really saw come on late last year grew a lot. You know, I, I feel like it was almost like Jamel had talked about, he learned how to learn in the NFL, learned how to study that, how to be prepared in those areas. Um, what have you seen from the two of them and, and how did that help you and the rest of the defense, you know, when they really did make that, that jump and, and that leap? You know, you know, in college, you know, those guys are that type of talent and those type of caliber, you know, in college, they, they coach just tell them just line up on this side and just, Played a certain type of defense, whether probably man or cover three most of the time that you get in college. But with, with bowls, with Coach Bowles, you know, it's diverse. Play everything. So you got to learn everything. And uh, like you said, last year it took them a while, took them a while. But as they got a grasp of it, they really took a handful, hand, uh, took a hold of it. And they uh, they ran with it. And that's why it was so successful. 
towards the end of last year. And uh, the main thing is they want that to carry over to this year. And they held their own for the most part to the first game. And, uh, you know, like I said, the preseason probably could have helped a little more. But, you know, we had a lot of great work in the uh, in training camp against, you know, obviously our offense got all those weapons. So we was able to get a lot of good work in, in that aspect. So, um, you know, I think those guys definitely, their confidence is there. I know they can take it to another level this year. And how have you felt like the rookies on defense this year um, seem to be handling everything? You know, what kind of confidence do you have in their ability to really contribute this year? Uh, like any other rookie, man, any other rookie, it's going to be tough at first. But uh, as you just keep on playing and keep on getting the group and keep on seeing different things, and then you get it, you get a good understanding of it. Um, as you as you can see, uh, Anton Winfield started for us uh, this past game at free safety. He's one of those guys who's learned it, learned it pretty fast, and uh, I think he that's a testament to him to his study, understanding what he has to do and understand where he needs to be with communication and talking. Because in this defense, you have you do have to talk a lot on the on the back end. So, you know, just t- testament to what he's done, his work that he put in. So, uh, it's just it's just real fun to see it all, you know, come come together, and to see those guys grow. That's what I always look forward to, man. I just I just love to see those guys grow from where they started into where they end and where they end up at. All right. Well, we have more here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We are talking to linebacker Levante David. We'll be back for a couple more segments to continue talking about this weird offseason and this upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers. So don't go anywhere. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We are talking to linebacker Levante David. We've talked a lot about the defense. Obviously, that's what you do. But I want to hear about the offense as well, since you did get a chance to go against them so much in training camp. Um, what did you see? Is I feel like so many people have called it the Brady effect, you know, of like him in practice and just what he brings from both a X's and O's standpoint and also as a almost coach on the field or, or leadership standpoint for you being on the defensive side, getting to watch that, what did you see as how that effect, you know, went on the offense and, and, and just how did you get to witness it from the other side of the ball? Uh, just, just urgency, man, urgency and excitement over down offense, uh, guys doing what they're supposed to do, being where they're supposed to be. Um, just all those guys just working together, how, how how they gel so fast as far as like being able to talk to each other and, and communicating with each other and just asking each other questions where you expect me to be right here. It's something like I I never heard that nothing like that before since I, you know, been been playing. So when, you know, Tom at telling them like I need you to be here by the time I get in this drop or this right here and stuff like that. So it was pretty pretty exciting to see. And um, you know, those guys, you know, those guys got their thing going on going on over there and uh I know they're going to be great. You know, obviously with, with 12 at quarterback, you know, that, that, that speaks for itself. So, uh, they're going to be, uh, they're going to uh, continue to try to get better, man. And, um, and, and, and it's good to see on the practice field and the training camp. You saw it. So, uh, it's definitely going, definitely going, definitely going to be great for those guys. You know, it's funny because when he was brought on, you know, everybody talked a lot about what he would do for the team and especially what he would maybe do for guys like Mike and Chris and all this stuff on the offense. I feel like you were actually one of the people that first came to my mind about him coming in because I knew how much more national attention the team would get with Brady coming in and that that would benefit guys like you who have just been killing it 
every day, game in and game out your whole career, but just don't get the national attention. Don't get the Pro Bowl love. Don't get all those things. Did that ever enter your mind that maybe finally people were going to start to see what Levante David was all about that all of us in Tampa know, but now everybody else was going to know? Uh, it did. I mean, it was, it did get into my mind and then it was forced in my mind because that's there what everybody was talking about. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's real big when we, when we first got him, got him, I didn't believe it at first. And then when we did, it happened. And then when they, they, they dropped the schedule, I seen all these national televised games. I'm like, sheesh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I only had like two national televised games since I've been here. You know, not counting, not counting, uh, Thursday nights, but, um, yeah, you know, that's what, that's just what he brings, man. Everybody wanted to see Tom. So, uh, and that's just a testament to his career and how great he is, but, uh, it also shows the greatness that, it also is going to show the greatness that, uh, players that we have on his team. And, uh, I guess me in particular. Do you, uh, do you like nationally televised games, those big, you know, primetime kind of games? Do you get extra amped up for those? Yeah, of course I love National Television Game. Just not for me personally, just for our team. It's just for everybody on our team, you know, like I said, just we have a lot of great group of guys on the team, a lot of great football players on this team. And then um, you know, for me it's just I try to stay I try to stay calm for national television games. I can't get too high, I can't get too low. So if I get high, I get too high, I'm gonna be playing out of control. I know myself, but if I get too low, I'm gonna start slowing stuff like that. So I try to stay steady, try to stick to my regular routine and try to start, try to do what I always do. Just come out and just play football the way I know how to play. And then, you know, eventually the players will be players that I need to make will be made and then everybody will see. And I know another guy that brought in a lot of that attention was Gronk. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to hear what it's been like for you to, to get to cover him in practice, get to know him as a teammate. And, yeah. you know, especially a guy like him that you already, I'm sure probably knew so much about him in terms of a personality and who he is off the field because of everything that he's done, you know, what you kind of thought you knew about him and then, and then what you've learned with him coming in here. First of all, you know, covering Runk is the toughest duty I probably ever had. covering. Wow. That's you know, saying something. Job. You've had some tough jobs. <laughs> yeah, I did. And then and, uh, just that whole that whole group with Cam, OJ, and Grunt, man, they give you a lot of great work as far as covering tight ends. And, um, you know, Grunt just being how big he is and how smooth he is and how savvy he is, you know, it just he gives you a great extra work. And uh, it's it just some real great competition as far as, you know, them and us, uh, as far as guarding them uh, while we're in practice. And then, uh, Grunt, him, his, him, he just be himself, man. He just, gotta love it. He's always coming in happy and giddy and always smiling and stuff like that. And they're just making jokes and dancing, and playing around. You know, that's what you expect is him just being himself. And that's just what, what I really love. I just like people to come in and just be themselves. And the same thing with Tom. He came in and be himself, being himself. And, uh, you know, all the new additions, you know, uh, with Shady and then Leonard, so far, so good. So, you know, I just want people to come in and be their self, man. Just come in this locker room, just gel with the group of guys that we have. Because you got a lot of different personalities in the locker room that all get, everybody gets along. So it's, it's, it's real fun to see. We're talking to linebacker Levante David. Uh, how about some of the other weapons on offense? You mentioned how tough the tight ends are for you guys to cover. Um, what have you seen from – Brady coming in and what that has done for uh, let's start with Mike and Chris in particular of just the way that they've been able to grow, evolve, continue. I mean, it just feels like they just keep getting better, which doesn't feel possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, 
with that with that type of talent at quarterback, uh, all it does is just a guy who's going to try to push you to get to keep reaching your maximum potential. Because I mean, it's never enough. What you're doing is never enough. You can always find ways to get better. And uh, I think Tom is, you know, uh, displaying that for those guys. You know, Tom's still trying to get better, and uh, he's trying to push those guys to get better. So uh, they definitely, definitely, you see the work and practice that they've been having. Uh, definitely, you know, working and all uh, every time, you know, those guys make a tough catch or a good catch. You know, Tom's the first one cheering those guys on. And you can see how what, what, what type of assignment it brings to those guys to, you know, they want to do the right thing for a guy like him, you know. So, you know, you see those guys always, you know, pushing and, and making the extra effort. So they definitely uh, reaching, trying to, uh, trying to be the best at their position. And uh, with a guy like Tom, he's definitely get, getting there. And how about the the running back core? I mean, a lot of new faces there as, as compared to last year. Um, but we can start with the, the one familiar face, Rojo. Um, mm-hmm. How have you seen him progress? And and when you guys were trying to essentially stop the run in practice, mm-hmm. what what makes Rojo a guy that they keep talking about? Even when they added Fournette, even when you know you've added you know Shady McCoy and guys that Coach Arians was still saying Rojo's our guy. We've you know he's our star. We have confidence. Tell us why that is. What do you, what do you see from Rojo? Uh, because Rojo, you know, he's going to do what he has to do. Um, and uh, Rojo's a, a guy who runs the ball hard, and he always uh, trying to make that extra effort. And uh, Rojo, one of those guys who, from his rookie year to his next year, has made a huge leap. And that's just a testament of him just trying to uh, work and trying to get better, understanding what he has to do as far as in the pass game and in the run game. And uh, he runs the ball really hard, and uh, you, you see that. You know, just give him a little crease. You know, he's going to do what he has to do to make that, make the big play. And uh, that's why the coaches still have, uh, you know, have confidence in him to keep him as number one, even with the competition that he has. So, you know, he hasn't done anything to lose that job. Um, you know, he's just going to keep on working and keep on getting better. And uh, like I said, when I, I love to see the growth in people and uh, his growth has been real huge. That's great to hear for sure. And uh, how about Fournette? How quickly have you seen him start to pick things up? You know, I mean, that's that's a challenge to be coming in just a few days, essentially before the season starts and no preseason games and anything like that. So um, how have you seen him pick up the playbook and start to get adjusted? And then just overall, separate from that, even just who he is as a running back in his style? Yeah, he he, he grasped it pretty well. You know, when his first week back, you know, they threw him in there for a couple of plays. And uh, he, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't, you know, he he did what he was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I talked to him one day and he said, you know, it, it wasn't not much different from what he'd done before. So that kind of helped him get a grasp of it a little quicker. But uh, as you can see, you know, we threw him in there <laughs> first game yesterday. I got like that. You got to throw him in there. And uh, he didn't. He didn't disappoint. You know, he had a couple of good runs and he had a good catch up the backfield. But, you know, he just only getting started. He was just one week with us. So as he continued to, you know, get a grasp of his offense and continue to get more touches, get more carries or whatever it may be, uh, he's going to explode. And Shady McCoy, I mean, I have to imagine this is a guy that you've kind of been a fan of for a little bit, yeah. watched from afar. You know, he's a he's a pretty fun guy to have been yeah. watching on other teams, yeah. and now he's your teammate. So uh, what did you always think of him watching from afar, and then what's he been like to have as a teammate now? Excitement every time he touched the ball. Every time he touched the ball, you expect something good to happen because he's that type of guy. He's electrified with the ball in his hand. Uh, just, you know, just 
you know, being on being on opposite teams when he was on another team, you see him in the way he carries the ball, and you always plotting on it. And then when you on the team and you see it, you're like, oh, I mean, he's carrying the wildly, but he rarely fumbles. So that's just the, the the crazy thing about it. So just just watching him out there, man. His personality is always lights up the room. You know, he's always a happy guy. He he's always out there just competing, talking to guys, encouraging the guys. So that's a lot of things that people don't know about Shady, but he's very encouraging. Uh, he's definitely a team first guy. I love that. That is great to hear. I love insight like that and hearing how much more guys can bring besides even just the tangible X's and O's, you know, that leadership. I mean, that's kind of the stuff we talk about, what you bring as well. All right, well, we still have another segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with linebacker Levante David, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucs team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with linebacker Levante David. Uh, we're going to talk about this game coming up against Carolina and a little bit more about this defensive front seven and how well you guys have been able to do in, in the last year or so. Um, before we get into that, I real quick wanted to ask you about Big Brothers Big Sisters that I know this is an organization that is incredibly close to your heart, something you're very passionate about. And um, just in case people didn't know, I wanted to let you explain why this is so important to you and also just what you've been doing with them recently. Yeah, um, I've been working with Big Brother Big Sisters for the past four, four or five years. And, um, you know, I think uh, their organization has ran really well from the top down as far as just you know, reaching out to the right people and getting the right people involved and also just trying to get, you know, mentors and out here for uh, for kids, you know. And uh, like I said, like, you know, I always say the youth is important. You know, as much as we can reach them with positivity, they're the ones who are going to end up changing this world from the way it is right now. And uh, my work with them is just, just trying to promote and just trying to, uh, you know, get more uh, mentors involved. And uh, there's a lot of kids out there that do need, you know, mentors. So uh, what I just try to do is just push, just keep on pushing, just getting people involved, man, because it's a great program. And then, you know, uh, uh, when when people get into, get into stuff like this, it don't just, you know, change the kids' lives, it changes their life as well. You know, you see life a whole different way and you see the bigger picture of life. And uh, that's the that's the main thing that I just try to do. Just And when I do that, it's just that kid may grow up and be a mentor to somebody else and then – you as a mentor, you can go out and just try to encourage and be an extra ear for somebody else who may be going through a hard time. You never know, you know, you never know what, what people are going through, or what those kids are going through. And then when you get a chance to just sit down with them and talk with them, it do, uh, it do, you know, change your mind and change your heart in different ways. So, uh, my thing, my main thing is just getting people more involved, man, getting people who are interacting and just trying to be positive, be a positive light for a child who's in need. I love that. And I love just letting people hear that you're involved in that, that everybody knows about how great you are on the field. We love telling everyone that you are just as awesome off the field as well. So thanks so much for all the work that you do with them. Uh, so let's, let's dive into this game against Carolina coming up at home. Uh, I know that it is Monday, which means you have not really gotten to start preparing. So we always start with the caveat of yeah. you have not, you have not really started yet, but um, you know, you're good enough at this and been around a while that you, you probably know a few things about this team yeah. at this point. Uh, so I wanted to hear for Teddy Bridgewater as compared to mm-hmm. Cam Newton. I mean, that's, that's gonna be a big difference, big thing to watch. 
uh, this upcoming week. So what do you know about facing Teddy Bridgewater with other teams and what that might mean he's going to look like as a Carolina Panther and what y'all will have to really focus on against him? Uh, we all know Teddy. You know, uh, Teddy is a guy who is a real, real good at game managing, not trying to take the ball away and uh, take what the defense give him. And that's what we try to do. And uh, now Teddy has a guy like uh, Christian McCaffrey to uh, get the ball to. And then uh, they added a guy, Roby Anderson, and they uh, got a couple guys, uh, uh, Sam Hughes and then uh, DJ Moore on the outside at the receiver. So they got weapons. They have weapons definitely. And uh, Teddy know how to get his weapons to football. And uh, that's just something we're going to have to uh, talk about when, once we start game planning. So, uh, you know, they have a new officer coordinator, uh, a coach from um, – uh, from the uh, LSU Tigers, I believe he was uh, with LSU last year. So he might throw a little wrinkle, a little, little college football wrinkle into it. So you got to be prepared for whatever. So luckily, lucky for us, we got a, a game field, one game film um, to watch. So uh, we could kind of learn from that and then adjust that as the game go. I know you are a guy that does love to prepare a lot. You take that very seriously. How challenging is it when – there is a team you're now facing that you're used to already kind of having a baseline understanding. They're a division team. You guys face them all the time. I'm sure it becomes kind of like wash, rinse, repeat. But now it's a whole new staff, a bunch of new players. I mean, that is a lot of turnover that they've had. And like you said, no preseason, only one game worth of tape to watch. How challenging does that make it for somebody like you? It's real challenging, you know, just trying to get a grasp of what they're trying to do offensively. And then understanding the players that they have, but the main thing that always stands out is they have Christian McCaffrey, and you got to get Christian McCaffrey the ball. So that's one of the main things that 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 we do know for sure. So we give we take care of that, and then everything else just would all work 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 together. So you know the challenge is is, is tough, and then that's when you have to just do a, a lot of extra film study and try to understand what what they're trying to do to beat you offensively and how they're trying to use their guys, but. When you you know when you when you learn for a new team, there's always that one caveat. It's just that they have that one guy that that stand that guy where they have to get the ball to, and obviously that's is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and so tell us about him. I mean, th- this guy. First of all, I feel like it's so unfair. You guys have to face Kamara and then McCaffrey, and I feel like this is happening to you guys last year too. And you threw in a Saquon Barkley in there that you guys just keep having to face these mm-hmm. ridiculous running backs. But I mean, last year you guys killed it against them, and now it looks like you got off to a good start the most part against, you know, Camara. So what, what are the things that you're going to have to really focus on with McCaffrey? Um, and, you know, just why have you guys been able to be successful against him and, and other really incredible running backs? Uh, just limiting them, you know, limiting those guys, you know, because, you know, they got to get the ball. So once you take that away, force everybody else to beat you. And uh, that's what we try to do, you know, because you, you, you get it. You let a guy like McCaffrey have a breakout game, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be real tough. It just brings the energy to that football team and brings the, and everybody else step up their level of play. So well, we want you to uh, take away that and then make a football team one-dimensional. You go, you go always, you know, uh, like predict what's going to happen next and anticipate whatever's going to happen next. So um, just taking away a team, you know, key key players is one of the main things. And then, um, you know, Coach Bowles always have a great game plan set up. So once we follow that to a T, everything has to take care of itself. Kamara and McCaffrey are two of the best, but they're fairly different from each other. What type of running back do you most and least enjoy having to face? Ah, man. Uh, Both of them is fun to face, honestly, you know, because it's a challenge. 
And then uh, for me, I always accept the challenge, you know, especially with those guys who could do whatever, you know, pass, catch, and even run the ball. So it, it all it does is just help me broaden my game as far as uh, and coverage and in, in the run game. So it, it helps me be a complete linebacker instead of a guy who just either stop the run or just in for pass coverage. So it helps me be a complete linebacker, and it's a, it's a challenge going against those guys. Uh, like I said, you got to be able to tackle those guys. You got to be able to get a hand on those guys for sure. I mean, uh, every time we play them, you know, it's always fun. And, uh, last week playing against Camaro was fun, and uh, this upcoming week is going to be fun as well. Talking to linebacker Levante David, how important was it for you when you knew that it was official that almost the entire front seven was going to be coming back together this year? I mean, you guys were the top run defense in the league last year, mm-hmm. and when you do have guys like Kamara and McCaffrey in your division, that that's that's already four of your games yeah. in the season. How important was that for you guys when you found out? All right, yeah, we're bringing almost everybody back. Yeah, a, a big sigh of relief, obviously. <laughs> Guys who you already know, guys who you're familiar with, guys who you played with years with, uh, guys who well, you already know what you expect from them and what they expect from you. That's always, you know, uh, always a plus. Because you know you're gonna, what you're going to get from each guy that you line up out there with. And uh, when we when we got everybody back, man, that was big. That was a big assignment. That was uh, one of the main priorities this offseason. And, and Coach made it clear. And uh, he was able to do that. So, Obviously, that made a bunch of us happy, me in particular. <laughs> so uh, it's real fun to have those guys back, man. And um, the uh, camaraderie that we have and uh, chemistry that we have, that's something you, that you want to keep for uh, for a very long time. And how about, I know you, you aren't going to be on the field at the same time as them and never would be anyways, but no Luke Keekley, no no <laughs> Thomas Davis. I mean, that's a that's a big shift over there on that team. That's just someone that you are, is synonymous with that Panthers mm-hmm. defense for so long. Um, what Explain the impact that he has had, the type, you know, both of those guys, but particularly Luke Keekley, the, the impact that he has had and now him not being out there, what yeah. kind of a difference that means. Yeah, it was it was weird not seeing Thomas out there last year. It's gonna be really weird not seeing Luke out there because those guys played together for about seven years in a row, and they dominated this league at a at a high at a high pace. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward, man. And then you ain't gonna be seeing him out there, you know, just running around making all the plays that he made. Uh, you're gonna be seeing uh, different guys out there. So that's what you get used to. Also, you know, when you get used to seeing Cam Newton playing against him for eight years and then switching up, seeing somebody else, Greg Olson, you know, those guys are not there. So it's going to be a whole different football team that we're playing. So um, it's going to be awkward, man. And then, like you said, though, it does go back to, you know, just watching Luke and uh, just seeing him fly around in that, in that Carolina uniform and not seeing him out there. It's going to be awkward to see. And what do you think it's going to be like having a home game now with no fans? And uh, what what is it like hearing those cannons fire in an empty stadium? It's going to be weird. We heard some of them while we practiced at the stadium, and it caught a lot of people off guard, you know. But uh, it's going it's going to be it's going to be different, man. It's going to be different. But uh, as always, you know, we got to bring our own energy, and uh, we got to bring our own energy to the field, and uh, we got to be the fans for our teammates. So uh, that's what the, we're going to do the best way we can. And uh, it's going to help prevail us to a bridge. It's going to play one of the key parts of helping us win this football game. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I still – this is year six for me, and the cannons still scare me. So I'm hoping that maybe because you've been here a little longer that I can just say, okay, it must be year eight is when it stops, right? <laughs> nah, it's going to keep shocking. It keeps shocking. happening. Okay, great. 
Perfect. So I have no, I have no hope. Perfect. That's good to know. Well, thanks Levante so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. This was a blast. Uh, thanks to all of you guys for listening out there. We hope you're all going to be tuning in for that first home game this Sunday. We're going to be back here next week for Buccaneers total access brought to you by frontier communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers radio. Buccaneers total access has been brought to you by frontier communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks and by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best Bucks coverage.